Hello and welcome to Blues Talk, another closed season special and we are in Women's World Cup fever. We're joined by Blues captain Karis Harrop to talk everything about her 20-year stint at the club and those FA Cup memories from a few years back. And also, we'll be joined by our first signing of the summer, Gary Gardner. We'll be taking on the quickfire questions. It's all on the way on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Right, Dale, we're sat here. It's slightly new, actually. It's the first time we've done it. We're sat at West Hills. We're not at yeah. the uh, St. Andrew's Trilling Trophy Stadium. Yeah, I feel like we haven't been back for a while, just with the season we're, finishing. Yeah, been a- Worth pointing out as well, like you said, we haven't been back for a while. It's abandoned. Yeah, there's only one or two in, just ticking over in there for the summer. But yeah, no... You know, players' car park's pretty much empty other than a few cars. Went into reception, signed in. No one had signed in <laughs> in, what, three or four days? Yeah, a bit of a ghost town at the minute. But, um, yeah, it won't be too long now until it all livens up and we'll be struggling to find a room here again. So, no, it's uh, good to be back. At least, you know, it feels like um, we're not too far away now from mm. the season starting again. And, uh, yeah, we can start talking about the, the upcoming season. Looking forward to it. But at the moment, we do still have football. We've had the Nations League... And we are in the middle of a World Cup with some Blues representation as well. Yeah, brilliant to see. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, you know, the viewing figures and the spotlight now firmly on the Lionesses yeah. out in France. Um, obviously got that big result against Scotland to get them off, up and running. Mm-hmm. And it's a good time to talk to, you know, our very own captain in, in Kez Harrop about all things women football, really, from Blues to England and everything in between. So that was really good. A duration at the club. I mean, I didn't realise, as you're about to hear... Been here what twenty years? Touching yeah, on twenty it's years. Impressive, you know, one of the you know the, the lone survivors of the first FA Cup final win, mm-hmm. and and you actually talk all all about our career and how many you know changes that she's seen. You know, we, we talk quite in detail about different opinions on the game. You know, she probably freely admit that it's came a long way from where it was, but there'll still always be critics of the women's game. Um, and I think what was interesting to emerge in the conversation that you hear is how she believes that the men's team have to invest in women's for you to really challenge mm-hmm. you know, with the emergence of Spurs and Man United who now join the WSL. You'd imagine there'll be more competition at the very top. So, you know, the women finished fourth behind some pretty big hitters this year in the, the top division of women's football. So really impressive. And I think the club's reputation for bringing through young female players is second to none, particularly in the Midlands. So lots to shout about when it comes to women football and, and Birmingham City and something I think we should be proud of as a club. Our one club mentality here, I mean, it's almost second to none, isn't it? Well, you only have to look at the end of season awards mm. as a marker. Now, the first time that the men and women have celebrated their seasons together at the big event at the ICC. Um, you know, The fact that the women now move to Wastills here mm-hmm. for the Trillion Trophy Training Centre and this is their hub now for training, the access to the gym they're going to have the access to the better playing services, I think it all makes a difference. And I think we are moving in the right direction when it comes to closing and forging the partnerships, closing the gap between men and women's football. And I think the club have just backed it and supported it, which is, as Kerry says, is is vitally important. Mm, Quite rightly so. Right, enough from us then. Let's hear from the skipper herself, 
Karis Harrop joins us on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk Podcast. Karis Harrop, thank you for joining us on Blues Talk. So this is, um, we're in the middle of the summer, although it's no, lots down outside. <laughs> Not much going on, it's pretty slow, but you're in doing a bit already? Yep, we're doing the, uh, the off-season programme, so been up nice and early, mm. um, yeah, just to get my weight session done, so... I definitely enjoyed a couple of weeks off, made the most of it, but I think, uh, you know, I've got to get back to, to fitness now and, and crack on. Do you completely switch off? You know when you do go away, or do you always have in the back of your mind, you know you're going to have to pay back all this food and drink that you might be eating whenever you go away? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely switch off. Um, you have to, like, because yeah. you're doing it all year round, so... Um, yeah, I had a, had a week in Ibiza for my mate's 40th, so that was, wow. that was good. We were Quite good one. Laugh. Quite yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, at, we're in the off-season okay, so uh, for Ibiza, so okay. it wasn't like too hard yeah, for yeah. but, you know, for us as footballers, you, yeah, you know, yeah. we don't drink very often, so no. it's... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how people do it, honestly. No. Like, you see these young people going out partying you know, night yeah, after yeah. night, and... So, but I really enjoyed it. It's actually a lovely, you know, lovely island. Yeah, like, yeah. And there's a lot of families there, actually. I was quite surprised. Um... And then I got literally got back and then straight on my friend's Hindu. So it's been been no rest for me. And so then honestly, straight into the gym. Yeah, straight and literally honestly that day rest I had between our beef and Hindu, straight in the gym. Brutal. Um, so I've had my good fun two weeks, but now yeah. now back on it. So. Oh, good effort. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you look back on last season? We'll start off with last season before we look ahead and anything else. Fourth place finish, lots of changes obviously with management staff and players coming and going even during the summer as well, but. When you look at the whole campaign in its entirety, how do you sort of reflect on it? I think we we had some real highs, mm-hmm. um, you know, like just things I can remember, you know, beating Chelsea away, that was always a, a highlight. Um, then I think we had some real lows as well. Mm-hmm. So it's been a quite a learning experience, not just for me, but a lot of the players yeah. uh, last season. I think some players, you know, the younger ones, they haven't ever experienced like losing a manager yeah, yeah. or there being a change in, in management, yeah. whereas I've experience that so I think that was definitely a learning curve for some players and but now I think overall you know fourth place yeah. it's not bad is it yeah you know, absolutely behind the the so-called big three with all the money and mm-hmm. um, you know we're, we're always we're always competing in that sense but as well I think a bit disappointed because I know that we could have finished second place and mm. for me at the beginning of this season I thought this was going to be the season yeah. where we got Champions League spot and yeah. we were obviously on course to do that. Yeah. And then I think with Mark going, I think it was a real, it hit people hard. Um, it's like in any aspect of life, if you have a big change, it can affect you. Yeah, yeah. So some people rise to the occasion or some people, yeah. I'm not saying we didn't rise to the occasion, but it, it, was, it was hard, like, yeah, you know, because he was, everyone looked up to him so much. And you get used um, to the way he works and the players yeah. get used to him. And, well, that's it, just... you know, it's... Uh, it's like I'm sure if Gary Monk left the Blues, like all the players would be devastated because yeah, yeah. they, yeah. you can tell yeah. that they really love him and yeah. work hard for him, and he's he's done Absolutely. well for them, hasn't he? So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So, how big is that gap between the big clubs and the rest? Because, like you say, we are on course. We were at some stage during the season to break into that top three or top four. Four place finish isn't by any means an underachievement, but how, is there a big gap between the, the big earners and the big money teams and the rest, or are you closing that gap, do you think? I don't think there's a gap in terms of the quality yeah. of, of the footballers. So I think, you know, I look back on the season just gone and there's not many players I would swap from our team yeah. for the, any players in the so-called big three, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was necessarily about the quality of players. Um, I guess, yeah, the money does help in the sense that 
you know, if you're earning a big whack, you can fully concentrate on football mm. and, and you dedicate your whole life to football. And because, you know, you're earning a lot of money, you feel obliged to put everything into yeah. it. Whereas I think if some players aren't earning as much and you've got, you have to earn money other ways. You can't fully yeah, commit, commit yourself. Yeah. To, we still did, and not you know as much as possible we did. But you know, the, I know there are players on our team that have to do other bits Absolutely. in and around football, yeah, and yeah. The, and just those small percentages. You won't think it makes much of a difference, but in the grand scheme of things, it probably does. Um, I think it will get to that stage where all players will then become completely immersed, professional from all week, get the money that. You know, that, that means they don't have to do any other bits and then you're on at least a more of an even playing field. Well, that's, yeah, hopefully. I think that's yeah. what is needed. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely getting better, uh, not just at Blues, but also in the whole league. Yeah. And I think with the likes of, you know, Man U and Tottenham hmm. coming up, you know, they're big money clubs. So they will be able to probably pay their players a wage where they can fully dedicate themselves to football. So hmm. it's... It's great for women's football, it is, like, you know, like I've been here for nearly 20 years now, so I've seen how much it's grown, and I never thought there'd ever be a point where every single team in the WSL would be yeah. paying their players a full-time wage. You have um, a testimonial yet? I need one, I? need, <laughs> not, I, need own, I need my own statue outside the ground, as long as it doesn't years. look like that crappy Ronaldo one, <laughs> it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, um, and so, so in that sense, it's really good, but then yeah. I think it's hard and I've seen like fans comment about it on Twitter the fact that the big money clubs eventually may take over and mm. then where does it leave clubs like you know the Yeovils Bristol yeah. clubs like that who Reading Reading mm-hmm. you know potentially may not be able to compete in that sense so there's there's pros and cons and I guess you've just got to focus on the positives of it yeah 20 years at the club yeah, I know. Well, I've been happening since I was 10, so... You know what? We were watching... I think you actually got sent a picture of it. We were watching, like, a documentary-style video from... I think it's 2008, and you were interviewed about the Centre of Excellence, like, how the club can kind of improve in the years to come. How mad has the change been, really, in the time you've been here? Oh, massive. I mean, not, you know, just things like the work we're here now. And, like, I was in the, only in the gym the other week, and there was some of the men players, like, doing their rehab and stuff. And I was just like... I'm here training yeah. in the men's and like I've never in a million years thought that would have happened like yeah. 10 years ago and for me because I've been here so long I appreciate it more whereas yeah, if yeah. it was one of the girls one of the younger girls they probably would just be like they're not, they're not bothered yeah, by it because you know they have they don't know what it was like before um, and just getting to play you know at St Andrews mm. at the end of the season like one game a year mm-hmm. um, the staff now being based at the stadium or being based here at Wast Hills, you know, mm-hmm. just little things like that. I think for me, I appreciate it more because I know how it used to be when we used to be, you know, there wasn't any full time staff and we'd just be playing down at Redditch uh, yeah. United on the, the pitch. Training at the sloping. uni as well. <laughs> training at the uni, yeah, yeah God, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's changing massively, really, and hopefully that will keep on happening. You've seen it all. I have. How old do you feel? I know, see, I'm only 28, so I'm not, yeah, even, I'm not yeah, even that old, really. Not even that old, but it just goes to show how quick the change has been in the time that you've been involved at the club. Yeah. It's just worlds apart. I feel like in the last 12 months to two years, the whole push towards women's football, you know, the, the marketing mm. campaigns that we see, the fact that now you have your Alex Scott's on and yeah, yeah, former yeah. pros getting involved in punditry and commentary, and 
I think there's the whole movement over the last two years has just accelerated beyond mm-hmm. yeah. anything else. It's massive, isn't it, really? And just yeah. like even with the the World Cup, uh, you know, the ma- media attention it's got, yeah. you know, the fact that Phil's allowed to rope in his mates and get all those little good luck messages. Yeah. And, um, there was that Twitter campaign, wasn't there, where they were, they'd graffitied like, some of the players onto buildings in yeah. their hometown. Like, just things like that. It's just amazing. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it wouldn't have happened five years ago. So no. just little things like that. And I know how much it means to the players. Yeah, so yeah. I know if I was in that position, it means so much to yeah. me. So it must mean a lot to them. Yeah. I mean, we were talking ourselves before any of this and about just the viewing figures around the mm-hmm. England-Scotland game. It's obviously made a lot of headlines. Mm-hmm. Over six million watching it. It's broke all viewing figures for the mm-hmm. women's football match. Just goes to show, really, that the numbers stack up as well. Mm-hmm. They're watching this. I think so. I saw a tweet actually this morning saying Nations League viewing figures in comparison. Yeah, I'm Scott, I think it was about five million less for the Nations Which is just League. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, the men's. Uh, I didn't even know that was going on. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really promote it very well, no, did they? And that just shows, doesn't it, how promotion yeah. makes a massive deal, mm-hmm. you know, math- massive difference, sorry, because they've promoted the women so yeah. well. Yeah. And now you're getting the viewing figures like that. So. You know, as a player, how do you feel about people that are critical still of it? Um. Doesn't really bother me. Like yeah. I just think you're always gonna get um, yeah. critics. And I read an interesting uh, article actually with uh, Tony Duggan. Yeah. She's like England player, plays yeah, in yeah. Barcelona, and she was saying that in Barcelona the fans absolutely like rip them if they've done rubbish. Oh, I heard Did you see it? And, like, they were yeah. saying, like, in the yeah, Champions League final, she got rated like one out of five. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they hammer them as they yeah. would with a yeah. they're very critical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Tony was but saying, she said good, she, yeah, she said it was a good thing yeah. because you know. If, if you know you've played rubbish, you don't want to be told, yeah. oh, bad luck, you know, you yeah, paid yeah, fine. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. patronising. So. They don't pity me, like, yeah. I'm a professional as as, yeah, yeah. as long as, like, it doesn't become abuse yeah. and, you know, like that Karen Carney incident, like, yeah. you know, you've got to accept that you will get criticism. Mm. And then, day you're on a platform, you're mm. performing, so your performance is going to get judged. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't really see it as a bad thing. As long as it's not malicious, then yeah. I don't really see a problem with it. Yeah, because I was listening to Alex Scott's sort of analysis of the game and she was quite scathing of the England performance, but in a mm. constructive way and saying, you know, they'll, they'll be happy with the result, but the performances won't be. And I thought it's quite refreshing listening to someone being quite critical of the women's game mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't sort of attacking it in any yeah, certain yeah. way. Maybe that's because she's a former player. And that's it. I think she she's just it. like, I think some pundits sometimes they just say what people want them to hear want them to hear but actually no just be honest like people appreciate you more if you're honest and say it as is I think she's done a really good job as well as a pundit she sort of broke the mould I think there was some stuff that came out of the was it the World Cup last year where she'd done all of her research and stuff and almost showed up some of the male pundits who Mm. probably just got comfortable and got used to doing it so often but she actually brought something to the table um and sort of justified her place being there, which I thought was really good. Yeah. But it's just, you see, just like the night campaign that I saw um, in the run-up to the World Cup. Um, and just having a conversation this morning with um, a guy who works at a football league club. And he's got a little girl, she's probably, I don't know, five, six years old. Um, and he wanted me to mention this, actually. But she uh, was a mascot for the Lionesses game against Denmark at mm-hmm. Warsaw. Oh, yeah. And the Danish goalkeeper sort of took her under her wing and he said, like, really looked after her and stuff. And... She 
after that game, she like loved it, got a full mm. like England kit and Aww. stuff. And she just last night or two nights ago started to play football. She said oh, she brilliant. wants to play. Yeah. And I said, that is like a perfect example of how actually you hear the narrative and people say, oh, you know, we're inspiring young mm. girls to play. You sometimes think, well, you know, how does it actually work in practice? But that's a great case study of a girl never kicked a ball before, just a young girl who went and enjoyed the experience that much, got to mix with footballers, can see that like, they're just like her mm. and ask the parents, can I go and play football? Now she's starting to play and I thought it's such a nice That's little good. story of yeah, yeah. how it actually does yeah. work in the real world. But I suppose yeah. you, you you involved in the RTC stuff? Um, not so much in the RTC. Um, I look after the CIS Club programme, right. which is obviously looking um, looking after the grass local grassroots clubs. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, I see You know how much it inspires kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, I sometimes have to go down and do coaching sessions with them and... Every time I turn up, they're like, oh, Keris is here, Keris is here. Like, and they're like, proper looking, and they run up and give me a hug, and yeah. sometimes want to give me a kiss. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, like, it's just nice to see. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, I want to be like you one day, I want to play for Birmingham. And I think that's all you can ask for, really, so as nice. a footballer, is to, to see young girls wanting to aspire to be footballers mm. themselves. I remember coming here, it's a few months ago, when um did an open training session here at yeah. West Hills. Mm-hmm just seeing like the awe in their eyes that they were watching the session and then the fact that they could interact with you all after as well and like when they come to St Andrews or the Moors like the Liverpool game just seeing how close they can get it's quite inspirational to them isn't it like Dale was saying yeah yeah the close I think, access uh, that's the I think that's probably the difference isn't it between yeah. the, the men and the women is that yeah. you get better access to players um well I remember years ago when I used to go up the Albion and Players used to come over and the wood sign used to give you an yeah, autograph. Yeah, yeah. That time. Um, yeah like that, that was probably when I was about 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And that's kind of stopped now, which yeah. is a shame. And that's the, I don't know, I hope the women's football game doesn't yeah, ever go, go that like way. that because mm. to me, there's no harm in no. giving someone an autograph or a picture. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, it's sad that we as a club were held in for doing so well last year because we were good at doing that side of things mm-hmm. and the PR side of the club was so good in that the players were always out in the community and had for yeah. time for fans. Whereas that should just be the status quo yeah, for all clubs. We should be doing anything different to what any other clubs yeah. do. But like you say, the way the men's game's gone a bit very overprotected, kept mm-hmm. arms length at times at other clubs. And you just think it's quite sad really because yeah. mm-hmm. those professional lads were once those little well, exactly. boys yeah. on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I think like just one little autograph or picture with yeah. a kid makes you know such a difference. Like that would make their day or year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, and I don't think the women's game will ever go yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I get it sometimes with the men because there's that many fans that you can't get around them yeah. all, so you don't want to like favour mm-hmm. some fans over others. And I guess like, for the women's football, we, our crowd is never that big, so we can kind of <laughs> yeah, get around yeah. go everyone. everyone yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I do think it is nice though. Well, yeah. we'll be waiting for like an interview with the manager and a player, and all the girls go to the side after yeah. every game and speak yeah. to supporters. Yeah. I think around that's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. it's important. So hopefully that will continue yeah um would you say that blues is the club in the midlands if you're a young girl trying to play football it strikes me that although you've got a west Brom, a villa you could make the argument of potentially the same size if not bigger clubs mm. in terms of structure blues from a women's point of view seem to be the club that you'd go to as a young girl would you say that's the case yeah yeah i think obviously because we're you know in the wsl one yeah um yeah we are the I'll say it, we are the biggest club uh, yeah, in yeah. the Midlands, yeah. especially for women's football. Uh, I think, you know, for the likes of Villa and West Brom to compete, their men's size are just going to have to invest. Right. And that's what it is. Like, Blues have invested in their mm. women's team and it's paid off. And right. 
we can say that we are the, the biggest women's side in the Midlands. Yeah. So I think until Villa or West Brom actually invest in their women's sides, then we will remain um, the best Midlands club, yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite a big thing. Too. When you look at that league table and you see Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City and Blues there yeah. in amongst it, it's quite, that's quite a big thing to boast, yeah. I think, from the yeah. club's mm-hmm. point of view. That you're mixing it with the yeah. big teams. I know it was... Obviously, Mark's big philosophy is not seeing yourselves as underdogs anymore and getting rid of that tag and that label and saying you deserve to have your place here. And I suppose that's the next jump then, is how do you find a way of bridging a gap to the big boys in the division who have got the big resources and the name and the money? And then there's us, and I suppose you've just got to try and find a way mm. of doing it, which yeah. is the next That's next it, I think, challenge. like, yeah, it will be hard, with it, especially with the likes of, you Man know, Manu, Tottenham yeah. coming in. They are obviously going to invest the money. Um but that's where, like, for us this season, it will give some of our youngsters a chance to yeah. like step up. So, you know, Connie, Schofield, Shania Hales, mm. Sarah May, players like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to come to the the fore now and yeah. and take their opportunities when they come. Yeah. Um, in terms of the style of women's football, how different is it to men's? You know, for someone who's never watched a full women's game, there'll be loads who watched Scotland against England the other day and never yeah. seen a women's game before. <clears throat> Do you think there's a big? Is it fair to compare? Because I see some stuff on Twitter that. And it's often used as like a stick to beat them with. Sometimes it's like you'll show little clips of the corner that went straight out or a bit of a skill that didn't quite work. Do you have to look at it as a different sport altogether or can you compare? I think it's, oh, it's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. it's just the physical for me. Like yeah. men just physically are superior. That's just the mm-hmm. way evolution is, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, well, some of us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I know some girl players who are probably bigger than some of the That's male ones. And so obviously with that, if you're more powerful, stronger, then you're going to be able to strike the ball better. So then that makes you technically look better. But, you know, for instance, just with us last season, you know, we've had some very good technical players. Mm. And it is frustrating because I know if we were as physical as Mm. the men and big and strong, we would compete. I know it for a fact. Um, So, you know, we've played friendlies against some lads teams before and keep the board as well, keep possession technically yeah. just the same but yeah. they can just knock it past you and run yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, where yeah. we end up losing like yeah. 6-0 and it's frustrating in that sense but so for me it's the, the game's not different in the sense of playing yeah. football the we've played some brilliant football just... last season yeah. and you know I'll be honest I've been to some of the men's games and I've <laughs> one game, well, oh God. Yeah. No, honestly, there was one Millwall at home in the yeah, week, yeah. and it was no, horrendous. That was a, that like, was a stinker. That's yeah. off the back of Villa, wasn't it? I can't yeah. yeah, they were just booting the ball, and I'm yeah, just like, yeah. I don't even. I know that's not how Blues play, yeah. so I'm just a bit like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah, you chose. Then, a, you chose I, a bad. Probably chose a bad <laughs> game to come yeah, to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you know, I, there was there weren't many games where we did that. We yeah. would always be playing. That was what Mark's philosophy was to get the ball down play. So. I think from a technical side of view, no, the, the game isn't different. I think it's just a physical. Yeah. So, but and it, like we said as well about it's a different kind of atmosphere as well. Like you won't get any like hooligans yeah, shouting or anything. Family oriented. A, a family environment at our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you can see that. Um, when I watch it, I mean, especially when I watched Blues last season, sometimes like supporters have their hearts in their mouths because of the way you play. You know, because in a men's game, you won't see. The goalkeeper give it to a centre half on the edge of a six yard box and still try and play when two or three players closing down. But you see, clearly had the confidence to play that way. Yeah. And it's mm. and I think that was a big selling point is that any potential players who did look at Blues knew they played a certain style of football. So 
I think that was like a big plus point. I, 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 and we, we've watched a handful of games probably every season over the last two, three seasons yeah. I've been here. And that's the one like redeeming feature of every game I've been to is that you try and play football the right way yeah. if there is such a thing, which I think is like a massive pull. Because if you look at a potential player who looks on at Blues, okay, there's bigger clubs in the division, but do they fit into my style of play? You're going to enjoy playing your football there. And if you think the amount of times you kept the ball and the possession and how confident you all are, I think that actually goes a long way to convincing a player that this could be the right place for you. So, yeah, um, How has it been under Marta? Obviously, you said big change. Obviously, a coach comes in. She's had a lot of experience abroad, different way of training, different approach to her players and playing styles, but ended the season on a high. How's that sort of transition been for us, for a group of girls? Cause, yeah, and like you said, because yeah. as young players, they'll take it different as well. Yeah, older than me. Like at the beginning, like asked me was hard, yeah. um, and I think in that week when Mark announced he was leaving, I think we had Arsenal in the Conti Cup, yeah. and we actually played really well, um, but we lost. That. So we were at the Conti Cup. Then I think we lost the so game. It, we had Reading yeah, in Reading. the FA Cup, lost that, and then mm-hmm. Brighton in the league, we lost. So that was a bit like. Like it was just annoying because yeah. I know if maybe if that change hadn't happened, mm. everyone's would have been a bit more. Would there wouldn't have been, you know, um, what's the word? That feeling of deflation. Yeah, yeah. Just, almost kind of rocks. So he kind of came at the wrong time, really, yeah. for him to announce he was going. Um, so that was hard because obviously we'd been winning so much at that point mm-hmm. as well. So then to then like lose three games in a row. Yeah, frustrating. That was really difficult. Mm. So I think that probably made us doubt a bit like, oh God, is, is the right... Yeah, yeah, the wheels you know, fell off or... Is, it, is the right decision been made, whatever. Um, but then, like, you know, it's like in anything, if you change job or if you, you know, whatever, it, there's a period of transition, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of get back to, to how you were. So, yeah, initially it was hard, but I think you just have to get used to new manager, new style of play, new style of coaching. Mm. Um, and just accept that change has happened now, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's just how it is and you've just got to get on with it. So, And then that's when we started to get on with it then. Yeah. Um, and then results started going our way again. We obviously finished on, on a high. Yeah. Mm. Have you noticed the difference in a, what's the big changes in our coaching style in comparison? Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. It's like complete opposite to Mark, really. <laughs> like, Mark used to... Give us every fine detail. Yeah. Probably a bit too much at times. Yeah. Whereas Marta's more of a like, um, she'll let you make the decisions right. and more like, what's the word? Like discovery learning. Yeah, is it? yeah. Like that kind of learning you to style. Think and find yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, whereas Mark would just give us it, like he would still allow us to make our own decisions, but he's detail was like second to none. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's why it was so hard as yeah, well because yeah. it is like, Two coaching styles, probably at the complete opposite ends of the scale. Um, so yeah, it's just you just get used to that, I guess, don't you? And obviously, pre-season coming up, we'll yeah. be able to get used to that again, and then see how it goes in the season. Yeah, you're looking forward to next year. Just sort of set yourselves any. I know you ask that question every summer, but yeah. where do you set yourself your sights on next year? Well, I think we just want to finish, you know, as, as high as possible, really. Um, Ideally, we'd like to finish fourth or better. Mm. We don't really, it's not ideal, is it, if you, f- you yeah. finish yeah. lower than Regress, the, the yeah. season before. Um, so, yeah, it's, but then again, you just can't tell, can you? Every yeah. season is so different. So, 
you know, we're just going to push on. I think we want to try and have a better cup run. I think we've done well in the cup in previous years. I think that's probably been where more of our success has been. Yeah. So maybe get back to that and, and focus more on the, the cup as well. Yeah, the FA Cup final was good. We were part of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we I sort of let... too, haven't you, Cass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one we won in 2012... Um, there's actually quite a lot of videos that came up with Bass retiring. Yeah. You see all the tweets yeah, and the, 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 little, yeah, yeah. the little videos yeah. of uh, us yeah. lifting the trophy. And yeah, like that. All the memories amazing. come. Yeah, come oh God, yeah, it was amazing. Probably like the best day of my career with Blues. Um, so yeah, again, I think I'm probably the only person in the, the current squad Still now there, that's yeah. actually experienced the survivor, that. The survivor, the lone survivor. Can't get rid of her. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, again I kind of know how that feels yeah so I'd love to experience that again yeah so and I feel like there's unfinished business especially after the last time we went to Wembley as well and I know mm-hmm. Mark was still seething like months afterwards because oh, he just didn't feel like we'd done ourselves any justice there but yeah. it's difficult mm-hmm. when you come up against a team like Man City and the crowd is obviously amazing there yeah I think we we're just a bit rabbit in the headlights to start with I think for a lot of the team then it was their first experience yeah. of a big final especially yeah. at Wembley yeah. um Whereas the Man City players had a lot of like international players. I mean, that was the season they actually had Carly Lloyd playing yeah, was, for them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they had a lot of players who had experienced big occasions. Mm. So they probably were, were a bit more um, prepared and yeah. all kind of suited to it. Whereas for us, it was, yeah, it was kind of that first half an hour just kind of killed us yeah, off yeah. really. And we couldn't really come back after that. Because yeah. there was chances. I remember me and Tatsy like, Miss Yeovil away and miss all these games, but when there was a Wembley game, yeah, no, straight away. First on the list, put your hands <laughs> straight away. Touch is like, we'll go do that one. I said, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll come to that one. Um, but there was chances in that game, like it was just the start, just sort of set us yeah. off on the wrong footing, really. But no, it was a um, great experience, though, yeah, even yeah. for us to go and see like Blues in an FA Cup final was like brilliant. Yeah. And the crowd was nice as well. Like, you do notice there's a big difference between the men's crowd and the women's crowd, just in the fact that, like, you know how American sports do like. Family stuff really yeah. well, and you get that atmosphere. It feels like that yeah. mm. whenever you go to a women's game. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we do next year. Yeah, but we'll be we'll choose our games again. Oh no, yeah. Well, Yeovil obviously aren't in the league anymore. So you don't yeah. have to worry about Yeovil yeah, yeah, away. Track down yeah. <laughs> absolute trek. But um, no, it's good just to pick your brains. Um, how do you look at England's chances this summer? Yeah, good. I mean, so I've just been out to Nice for the weekend yeah. um, the game's good so they were a really good first half yeah. I think second half dropped off a bit I think Scotland came back into the game you know they've got definitely got the quality of, of players not just in the start 11 but in the squad mm-hmm. so yeah I think they've got a great chance I think the next we've got Japan in the group yeah. I don't know if that's the next game or the game after so that'll be a, a good test a, a good test because yeah. the Japanese are very strong Um but yeah, like, I just hope they didn't do it, especially with all like the media attention and the money that's gone into like promoting it. Yeah, you just hope it, you know, that it pays off in that sense because there will be a lot of people watching, like you yeah. say, because there has been so much promotion. So if you can play good football and win games with all those people watching, yeah. then that's when then those fans or people who are watching will then come to. Our yeah. games, so yeah, the casual the fans, yeah, casual might fans, just flick yeah. and watch a game. You see England go and win a World Cup, yeah, yeah. hooked. Just goes to show how big a, yeah, you know, the impact that you can have off the back of it mm-hmm. would be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So, no, that'd be really good. Um, 
what I was going to say about the women's game. I heard an interesting opinion on Talk Sport yesterday, and they were saying how, you know, you mentioned the physical differences, whether there's a case to be made that the pitch to be made slightly smaller for women. Mm. How'd you feel? Nah, that's just ridiculous. Time to go away. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> they were like, well, yeah. if, they, if, it, if the pitch is so big, they can't get around yeah. as quick or as fast. But it doesn't matter if, if the pitch is big. You just play narrower anyway. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how big the pitch is. You don't have to yeah. you, just because the pitch is big. You don't have to stand <laughs> right in the corner yeah. and on the touchline. Yeah, exactly. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think and goalkeeping gets hammered as well. They were yeah. hammering that a little bit. Yeah, well, they were saying on the about making the goal small. Yeah, as well. it's just stupid. No, yeah. like you know, if they were always looking to get equality in women's football, so yeah. then why that's not quality if you're changing it for mm-hmm. us? So, yeah, yeah. No, no, I felt. It's just stupid. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, I don't. I think it was a bit. Sometimes you listen to opinions, and they're just there just to try and get phone calls into provoke. Yeah, provoke yeah. some. Well, it's just me. It's just probably just something someone's come up with just to provoke a bit of yeah, uh, yeah. debate. So yeah, no. Yeah. Um, Kes, thank you very much for your time. Right. I think that wraps us up nicely. I look forward to picking our games next season. I know, yeah. <laughs> Come and watch the Man U and Tottenham I'll games. See, I'll away. see you at the uh, <laughs> the big games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, thanks ever so much, and good luck for the rest of the year. Get that. Get back in the gym. I'll see, I will do. Thank you. <laughs> the Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Blues very own captain, Kerry Harrop herself, with you know loads to talk about. But you can hear her enthusiasm, not just for you know the international game, mm. and clearly she knows a few of the players in the camp. But also, right the way, very down to grassroots football, which she's still involved in. So, no, a really good interview with Kez. She's, you know, she reminds us she's not even that old, but she strikes you as someone who's played the game for a while, has been around the professional game. And I mean, she's been at the club for what? I mean, like I said there, we watched a video the other day. It was from 2008, like I said. And Kez was in it as, um, I think she just started to break into the first team. And speaking about, you know, her dreams of how the club can evolve in the... Um, in the upcoming few years then, so, like, turn of the tens. Mm. It's crazy to see how much of that has actually kind of manifest, because at the time, it sounded like a pipe dream. You yeah. know, Karen Carney was in the video as well, talking about being a brummy girl. Her dream was eventually to come back and play for Blues, but the club needed to get itself to that level. Yeah. And it's done so threefold, really, hasn't it? I mean, in the space FA Cup champions, years. runners-up, Champions League campaign, fourth in the Super League last year. Yeah, we're up there competing at the very highest level, which... Like I say, and you look at the, those around us, your Chelsea's, your Man City's, your Arsenal's, you know, Liverpool in the division, it'll be Manchester United and Spurs as well next year. You know, we are we're punching up there with the real big teams in terms of resource, finance. So, as I say, it's, it's, it's a, I always look at how proud I am just to be involved with Birmingham City and seeing that they're up there at the very highest level competing with some huge clubs. So, I think it's something that we should be should be boastful about, you know, there's other clubs in the region and we, as Kez says there, we are the biggest club in the Midlands when it comes to women's football. Mm-hmm. And she don't pull no punches, it's, she's quite forthright about it. Uh, I think it's something that we, we should celebrate. But I like the fact that, you know, with the regional talent clubs, Kez looking after sister clubs, mm-hmm. there's a network out there for us to try and, you know, grab the, the young talented players in the region from a young age and get them involved in the club and build affiliations and partnerships with other clubs. And I think that's all part of what they were probably alluding to 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, you know, the infrastructure around women's football is changing. I do think we're probably, without realising it, in the midst of that transitional period now, between from what women's football was, where it was seen as very much, you know, not a professional setup, not not a lot of the players had turned pro at the time. Now, the majority of players in the WSL, if not all are full-time professionals, 
Um, and we're, we're sort of seeing that transitional period. And Kez is a fantastic example of someone who's had to witness both the before and, yeah. and during or after now. So where it goes is, ne- is the next step. I mean, you see all the marketing campaigns around the Women's World Cup. Um, you know, I think public opinion, the swathes and, and hordes of people that have watched that first England game against Scotland, you know, the figures of over six million, you know, all the indicators are that it's, that it's growing. What I will say is I'll never dig someone out for criticising the women's game. I thought Kez's opinion on um, Alex Scott being critical, but then also uh, Tony Duggan's saying how, you know, in Spain they are very harsh yeah. on women's football, but she welcomed that criticism because they're professional athletes. And, you know, she talked about calling for equality where you can't ask for equality and then not have the criticism that comes with it. So I think that was quite a mature way of looking at it. And I listen, anyone who criticises women's football and they do it constructively is fine. But to, to criticise it because they're women, yeah, that's probably where the line's crossed. And that's where I think a lot of people get frustrated. Um, and, I, you know, I threw the question to Kez, can you compare men and women's football? I personally don't think you can. I think, you know, not just the physical aspect, but the way the game's played, the tempo mm-hmm. and pace. You know, there's some things that, you know, the men's game's clearly evolved a lot you know, further down the line than the women's. Um, so I think you have to take it in isolation as its own sport, its own entity. Go down there, enjoy the family atmosphere that it's managed to create. Hopefully, it holds on to that, um, and just take it for what it is. Really, I don't like seeing the comparisons on Twitter, both for and after. You know, if a man done this, we'd be waxing lyrical, or or when something good happens, but then when something embarrassing happens, they also highlight. I'd rather just take. Yeah, it. I think there's a balance, isn't there? A lot yeah. of people seem to want to pit the men's game and the women's game against each other, and really, it's, it's not the thing to be doing obviously yeah. but again two very different games like you're saying yeah. and the balance of opinions that yeah, is I just that. feel like it's a false comparison really mm-hmm. to go well if a man done this or oh okay well you're not seeing a man put a corner out for a you know a straight out for a goal kick before and I, you know, that's where it gets a bit the muddy the water's it's easy getting muddy. to look at clips out of context as well isn't it so. yeah so go down there give it a try enjoy it you might listen to it and like I say in the story there you know I speak to people now where there's that, it's having a real world effect on young girls in yeah. the region who want to go and play football now that you can see that they've got you know, um, players that they can yeah. aspire to be like. They can see people who look just like them and can go and play. And there's a pathway for them to become footprint. Little girls saying that rather than just being, I don't know, a dancer, a gymnast, mm-hmm. and traditionally more female orientated activities, it's footballs now. You know, I want to be a footballer when I'm older, which I think is fantastic. Going down the moors and seeing that firsthand as well. I mean, the bond between the club as in the players and the supporters is unparalleled really in the men's game and yeah. it is brilliant to see. Yeah. I think they get to know them personally yeah. as well. And the players get to know their supporters, they know the regulars that come yeah. down and support them, which is quite nice. It's a two way street. So and like I say, I think it should be the status quo in both the men and women's game. You know, we shouldn't be applauded so much and it's great that we were last year for all the work mm-hmm. that that the guys were doing with the players and out in the community. But for me, that should be a given for a football club. You know, you should have links to your city or your town that you come from. And the women's game is fantastic at that. Like we say, every game they go over to the sidelines, but they walk they walk the length of the pitch mm-hmm. to speak to all the fans that come and play. And all the sponsors. Yeah, which is um, which is great. So now Kez is a really good ambassador for this football club, talks really well, being here long, a long time now. She's seen and done it all. So hopefully... We can experience some, some success as she did in that first FA Cup final. So, Two other ambassadors as well. Out in France at the World Cup, Lucy Staniforth, of course, playing for England. Mm-hmm. And Chloe Arthur for Scotland. Did make an appearance as well against England. Good to see Blues representation Yeah, there. absolutely. I mean, the, the more players we can get in at the club, playing at the highest level and seeing pitched against one another is, is fantastic. So, um, yeah, you want that. I mean, you want the girls to be playing and expose themselves at the highest level to that sort of quality of football. 
you know, you don't... We've talked about how people criticise the pace and tempo games where you're playing against seasoned international mm-hmm. pros there. As, um, as Kez said, you know, there was high-profile players against them at that Man City game, but it was the first time they played at the biggest stage, at Wembley, in front of a crowd. The more players that play international football and, and are wearing a blue shirt, the better for us. So mm-hmm. it can only you know, transpire onto the, the club scene in a positive way. Well, speaking of more players wearing a blue shirt, our first signing of the summer, official, he's yeah. back, Gary Gardner, on a permanent basis. Yeah. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, you know, you look at a player who made a real impact when he joined the club. It's what you hope for in your loan signings and played the majority of games in that heart of midfield. Gave us something that we probably didn't mm-hmm. have. Um, dogged, put, loves to put his foot in, but can also play as well when he when he turns those balls around the corner for Shea to chase and... Yeah, he's a player who clearly wanted to join the club. You could see at the Rotherham game particularly, he went over to the supporters with his his brother Craig and they were obviously um, you know, making gestures to say that he don't want to go anywhere and he, he had that affiliation with the supporters. Um, but yeah, it took a few weeks into the summer. <clears throat> obviously, hotter going the other way. Mm-hmm. I know there were separate deals, but um, it'd be an interesting one that. But Gaz is a, you know, a player who's still got many years of his career. Uh, proving himself in the championship and yeah, really good that it will bolster that midfield area particularly the fact that Michael Kifton bailed out mm-hmm. probably until <clears throat> the new year Christmas time David Davis still to recover fully mm-hmm. from his injury so it is an area where we needed bodies and we know what we're getting with him there's no risks really with, with taking Gary Garner in so fantastic to see him here and then all the stuff eventually coming out that is a boiled well, I was about to say was here in this very room doing uh, all his media bits when he signed just the fact that he was like completely buzzing, I've never seen anyone more excited to sit to sign for a football club really? on a permanent basis. Came in massive grin. Um, Tat mentioned in his uh, official interview, went out on YouTube and Blue CV. The last, the last text that he sent him before the deal was official was, I'm a blue nose, yes. <laughs> so absolutely <laughs> delighted to be here. But like I said, here at West Hills, Trillian Trophy Training Centre, doing all the official media engagements. But then we moved on to the important stuff. Gary Gardner joins us for Quickfire Questions. The Blues Talk Podcast. All right, Quickfire Questions, joined by permanent blue signing, Gary Gardner. So, what music do you listen to before a game? Um, bit of house, bit of R&B, uh, all sorts really. Harley Dean puts the soundtracks on, so... Do you want to say Snapchat story or Insta stories? Uh, I'm not on Snapchat, so Insta. Favourite restaurant to eat at? Uh... I like Tattoo in town, yeah, Tattoo. Uh, Favourite movie? Uh, Man on Fire. What's your middle name? Haven't got one. Haven't got one. Ideal holiday destination for anywhere in the world? Uh, oh, that's tough. I like, I like Dubai, but Spain, I like Spain. Uh, my missus dad lives there and it's nice there. I enjoy my time there. Nice. Uh, what's your order from a coffee shop? Um, latte with honey. Inside. Honey. Honey dipped in, yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met your sporting hero? Who are they? Uh, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, I met him, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, me, give me his top and everything, yeah. So. Nice. Uh, when you go to the barbers, what instructions do you give them when they ask how you want your hair? Uh, just neat and tidy. <laughs> neat and tidy. Uh, your favourite cheat meal, so like a proper dirty meal? Uh, curry. Uh, last fancy dress party, who did you go dressed up? Uh, last, uh, I think it was my my brother's 30th, maybe, and it was the Simpsons. 
me and my brothers, yeah. Which one do you go as? Uh, I think I was Bart, actually, yeah. <laughs> Who was Craig? That's a big question. Oh, I can't remember. I'm not sure, I can't remember. Can you play a musical instrument? No. If the whole squad had a Royal Rumble, this is a big question. Who would be the last man standing? Wow. The whole squad. Quite a few people have said Robbo, Mark Roberts. Yeah, he's a beast, to be fair. Mark Robbo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, three words to describe your blues roommate. Uh, three words. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, three words. I don't uh, it's top man, it's only two, but it's kind of my own. He's, he's a good lad, that. yeah. Um, what are the names of all the pets you've owned? Uh, Busta... Jazz, Jazza, and Creed. Nice. Uh, most played song or album? Uh, most played song or album? Probably Drake, yeah. Album. Uh, what type of student were you at school? Uh, I was quiet, but uh, easily led. Okay. Uh, worst item of clothing you've ever worn? Worst item of clothing? Probably a pair of trainers, but... I, I normally used to like a funky pair of trainers, but now I'm getting a bit older, I'm a bit... Proper out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Um, afraid of... Don't like snakes. Yeah. Well, I'm not afraid, but just don't like them. Yeah. Uh, Favourite city other than Birmingham? Favourite city... In England, or...? Anywhere. Uh, I like Monaco. Yeah, I like Monaco. Uh, the best way to eat chicken, so like which part, which flavour? Uh, the leg. The leg? Chicken leg, yeah. Spicy? No, just plain, just yeah. Plain. yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on fishing? My dad's a really good fisher, and he fishes a lot, but I find it boring. Yeah, standard. And uh, your favourite piece of sporting memorabilia? Uh, probably, yeah, probably Gerard shirt, yeah. Or... Uh, me and my brother's shirt playing for blues yeah nice Gary Garner quick fire questions thank you very much the blues talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning another episode of quick fire questions some more interesting answers from Gary Gardner very laid back character isn't he God he is yeah very chill in his stride yeah he's uh, ready to get excited unless he scores and he runs over to the bench and no, I think he's gone over to the uh, the cut once or twice. Then he yeah. went over to the bench at West Brom. He did, yeah. Embraced Chip, Pep and Craig. In, yeah, so chips him. But no, as we alluded to, he's a um, good character around the place. Helps that his brother was here. Helped him bed in because obviously making a move across the city mm. is always a big one. But um, And to finally, I think, reveal that he was a, he's been a Blues fan. Kept that you, quiet for a season. Well, if you imagine, not just for the season, but whilst well, he was while he was actually yeah. Villa... You know, he wouldn't have been comfortable and clearly wasn't comfortable in mentioning that he's a Blues fan because it's not worth the asshole, more or less. Same with Craig. Yeah. Um, so for him to finally come out and obviously the club and Gary himself posted those pictures quite mischievously mm. of guards in his uh, in his blue stuff as a little kid and as a toddler who's grown up as a Blues fan. So, I mean, listen, some supporters will say it doesn't matter whether he's a Blues fan or not, just play well whilst you're out there and that's a valid point. So, but... Nice to hear that he was so excited to, to join the club, and I'm sure it's a proud moment for him, for his brother and his family. Gardner brothers reunited then as permanent Birmingham City players. Yeah. 
must yeah. be a proud, proud moment yeah, for the dream. family. I, think, I know when they first took to the field together as brothers, it, I know it was a big moment. I, think, I remember Craig posing for pictures with Gary in front of Roy, and yeah, I, think they asked for the picture. Yeah. I think they asked for the picture because it was obviously quite a big moment. But, I mean, that's a dream if you're there. Know, parents or close family to see the two lads play for the same team where they both supported and grew up together um, going to watch yeah it's brilliant and you know the first one of the summer now in hot uh, as we say went the other way and I think I, I tweeted shortly after it happened it just didn't quite hit the heights that we'd hoped for with Hutter there was no. there was sparkles of gold dust in him and I'm sure there's a player there and in the right setting or in the right team or league or wherever he might be or go on to play, you might find that he could come very good hotter, but he didn't quite reach the levels consistently that you'd want, as we say. You know, there's a couple of passes he's put through and a couple of his deliveries were, were Not great. Not glimpses. Yeah, when, when he played at the peak of a diamond, I felt it was probably at his best and, you know, the manager tried to find a way of getting the best out of hotter, but never quite happened on a sustained basis. So it's a move that sees him go, go the other way and, um, you know, it's the start of now the summer merry-go-round. I'm sure the rumours will... We'll start again now that uh, club football's finished. And it'll be interesting to summer to see the ins and outs. Of course, any completed business we'll have here on Blues Talk. Hopefully, people who do come through the door will be joining us on the podcast. So that's yeah. something to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. The pre-season, just around the corner. Oh, absolutely. See, they the, supported the, his kids. The induction. I want photos of them in Birmingham City shirts. Or they ain't welcome. <laughs> that's my official Maybe opinion. we should only sign Blues supporters now. You got your boots. Players. Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be some more out there, and there? there's got to be some Blues fans that. Oh, well, there's one, isn't there? One big one in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah belongs to another club, I'm sure. Well, he's got a tattoo on his leg, so he's not much more of a, a bigger mm. fan than him. I'm mentioning no names anyway. But pre-season, like I said, just around the corner, we right back into uh, the thick of action now. Yeah, that's it. Players will be back in, you know, in a matter of a week Couple or weeks so. Time, yeah, yeah, not even too long ago now. Too long. Um, to go now until yeah. they're back and I think when they're back in the building that really marks the start of the new season you're now looking ahead to getting that fitness up and we'll have loads of, of insight into the testing that goes on in the first week Sean Rush obviously leading that with his team mm-hmm. uh, and then the following weeks to come where they get beasted and monstered up on the pitches and the sun will be beaming I'm sure and it'll be horrible for them to go through but we saw the benefits of it so yeah I can't wait personally to have the players back in the building we can start to talk about the forthcoming season and you know there'll be additions I'm sure and there'll be one or two out the door I'm sure of that as well but just again it just gets the juices flowing the fixtures obviously come out um, so when you can start to mark your calendar off mm-hmm. um, but now looking forward to it it's just an intriguing one see what expectations are like as well and supporters feel where we, we should be you want to build and, and progress um, hopefully no points deductions this year to bog us down with on wood. Yeah. but um, now really looking forward to it so yeah, the, the next few um, the next few podcasts could feature maybe one or two new faces. We'll see. Looking forward to it. Well, in the meantime, great to speak to uh, Kaz Harrop and of course Gary Gardner. Today we're back in two weeks' time. Will that be that'll be during pre-season, won't it? Yeah, the players before. will be in. Yeah, yeah. They, so that they come in towards the end of June, and then obviously um, a few weeks of fitness. They'll go away somewhere and do their week away and come back. Uh, friendlies throughout July scheduled in. And then we're really in the thick of it. So before you know it, we'll be looking at that first weekend in August and another 10-month grueling championship campaign. Bring it on. Absolutely. That's what I say. Right, like I said, for the meantime, this has been the Blues Talk Podcast. I've been Cam Denny. I've been Dal Moon. We'll see you in a fortnight. The Blues Talk Podcast.